everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk on this fabulous Friday where we talk about And there are horror effects with Kath. Kathy has her own jingle. I do. It's true. We love the fall. We have to mention that every single episode. I, th- I feel like that was your directive, right? That we're going to mention love that every fall. single time. Okay. <laughs> but I have some holiday winter horror haunts if you'd like to hear some. I do. I'll start with a few that are Southern California based. And then for the rest of y'all, I have a website you can go to <laughs> that pulls up by state. All right. So for those of you in the LA or Southern California area, we have one in Fullerton called Sinister Point. It's a Christmas theme Halloween haunt. Mm. Anywhere from $22 to $44 a ticket, beginning on December 2nd and ending on the 17th. Fun! Uh, in Highland Park, we have the fourth annual Krampus Ball. <laughs> oh, good God. At the Highland Park Ebel Club, Friday, December 2nd. <laughs> Tickets available for 25 and $35 at the door. Okay. And December 2nd through December 17th, Blood Alley Christmas. Oh, oh okay. And so it's select evenings between the 2nd and the 17th. It's not every single night. It's a Yuletide Horror Theater Spectacular in <laughs> North Hollywood off Lancashire. <laughs> That's a great artist area. Actually, yeah, it is. In recent There's a years. huge art district there. And then for those of you who live in other areas of the U.S., I didn't get as far as all over the country. We have a website called www.haunts.com. If you pull it up, it will literally go alphabetically. For example, Alabama, the Fright Guys Harvest presents The Nightmare Continues in December. Maybe you want to go all the way down to South Carolina. Nightmare Dungeon Haunted Attraction presents Nightmare Christmas in December. Tennessee, and the list goes on. Texas, Three Haunts presents Christmas Scream. So, most states have something going on. Yeah, and I mean, there's got to be some YouTubers out there doing that, right? And I if there so. aren't, you you should be the one, whoever you are, listener. To- What's great, too, is the, the link. It's not just the list. There'll be a link. So let's say go to Kentucky and hit Edge of Darkness Haunted House presents Frightmare Before Christmas, and you link you hit the link. It takes you right to the Facebook page. It tells you all about the event. Nice. Yeah. Love that resource. Have fun with it. Thank you. Did you know that Scream 6 release date changed? No, what is it? We're getting it in March now. It's early. March 23? Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Did they say why? Let me see what it says here. Well, it was actually going to release March 31st, and now it's going to be arriving March 10th. Only a few weeks earlier, but there it is. It's Paramount Pictures. They also moved the role-playing game adaptation Dungeons & Dragons from the 3rd to the 31st. So they might be, you know, you always want to release, when you pick your release dates, the companies, they always want to make sure that they're putting them on the right weekends and they're not putting their own properties in competition with each other. So maybe that's why. Okay. I don't know. Maybe we'll read about it afterwards. March is uh, interesting. That's interesting yeah. time for that to come out. But you know what? We need a little horror in the spring. Spring tends to be a little too happy. Yeah. I mean, we can't have that. No. 
The Scream saga continues with the four survivors of the Ghostface killings as they leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter. I mean, I don't know. The cynic in me is like, well, they didn't get Nev Campbell, so they're right. not going to expect too much of this one. That could be true. Although Hayden was a great character. In I think so, too. I just What was it for? I yeah. just don't know how that's going to. I know materialize i mean they might do better than the halloween trilogy oh god i mean <laughs> most we'll things see. are we'll better see. than that we'll see we'll see Jesus kathy, <laughs> kathy feels some type of way about that it's just so disappointing i believe you had some horror news as well i don't know did you or i did it? okay i yeah, did okay. i did thanks for reminding me shan well, welcome uh the forest hills oh movie coming out why is this important? Because Shelley Duvall is returning to the screen mm. and she has not made a movie in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And we know a lot about her history on the set of The Shining and how she was basically terrified of doing anything like that after, after that. Mm -hmm. Although it has a very interesting cast it, alongside her, Chico Mendez, Edward Furlong, mm -hmm. who we have not seen in anything in quite a while. And again, I, these are some of those B-horror folks I love yeah, yeah. Uh, D Wallace and it is actually about werewolves which is why I'm kind of interested in this you bet. so the initial announcement so Forest Hills they I think it it's coming out I don't know if there's a release date yet on it it's going into production it's going into production um but I want I haven't seen a really good werewolf movie in a minute yeah so I have some hope and there's also a, a mental health component in it as well. Okay. Regarding, um, I think, the man who ends up being the werewolf, which ah. all that makes sense. So Yeah. Um, that would be a bit of a mindfuck to be a werewolf, be a really. Fuck. Yeah. So I, I, that's all I'm going to say about it. You can go on to joblow.com. Forest Hills trailer is there. So they have to have already some production done on it. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm hopeful. Yeah, me too. I love a I love a good werewolf story, me too. and I'll even watch the garbage ones because it's just kind of fun sometimes. Exactly. I just wanted to let you guys know too that A twenty four and Lionsgate welcome you back to Ty West's horrifying world of X with the blood soaked and unforgettable origin story Pearl. I've seen this. Kathy's gonna see it. Mm -hmm. Mia Goth delivers one of the best performances of the year as the iconic villain Pearl, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, own Pearl now on Blu-ray and digital rated R. So I have talked about Pearl before and gave a review of it. I really enjoyed it. That's what I got to say about that. Like I gave it four out of five stars and I don't do that very often. And I think it's in many ways based on... Mia Goth's performance because there's a few moments in that film just like I was talking about last week about or on Wednesday about Eddie Redmayne in uh, The Good Nurse it's like there's a few moments of her performance that are sort of transcendent it just it. it's very and it's a slasher so I think you would like it yes yeah. plus, plus I think you liked X or if you I, haven't seen it no I'm excited to see Pearl it's on my list for well, perfect. I'll, I'll talk to you about it next time. Yeah, perfect. All right, cool. So let's do a little thing that we like to call Cool Fox with Pearl. <laughs> I can almost understand that, though. I know. I gave you a little more. I liked it. A little less? 
was a little more. I liked it. A little less, a little more. Okay. A little less, a little more. Number one. Punch you in the face. In the 18th century, mm. everyone was infested with head and body lice. Everyone? Just everyone? What was their remedy for taking care of this? Mm-hmm. I am an expert on this. Just kidding. Number two, castorium. <laughs> Is mm-hmm. an ingredient used in vanilla it flavored is. treats. What does this substance come from? <laughs> and which part of the animal? <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> okay, number three. For all you vanilla fans, myself included. I know this one. Ah, Number three. How much did the predator suit weigh? The OG predator? Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Number Four, mm-hmm. the Spanish Inquisition lasted for over 200 years. Jesus. Right? I didn't know it was that long. Uh, Approximately history. how many executions were there? Okay. And number five, the Harp brothers killed at least 39 people in Tennessee, Kentucky, Illinois, and Ohio from 1797 to 1799. Mm-hmm. What were they notoriously known for? i'm gonna guess it's not their fabulous haircuts oh god damn it you guessed it (laughs) no i believe i did not uh so i saw the jordan peele joint wendell and wild which is an animated it's comedy animation and uh key and peele are in it and it's a little less than two hours. It's 2022. It just came out, I believe, on Netflix. And Jordan Peele is one of the producers. The director is Henry Selick, who's the same person who did Nightmare Before Christmas. And Jordan Peele is one of the writers, along with Henry and several others, including Key, Key from Key and Peele. All right. So from the delightfully wicked minds of Henry Selleck and Jordan Peele comes Wendell and Wilde, an animated tale about scheming demon brothers Wendell, who's played by Key, and Wilde, played by Peele, who enlists the aid of 13-year-old Cat Elliot, a tough teen with a load of guilt, to summon them to the land of the living. But what Cat demands in return leads to a brilliantly bizarre and comedic adventure like no other, an animated fantasy that defies the law of life and death, all told through the handmade artistry of stop motion. So I really enjoyed this. It has mixed reviews. I thought Key and Peele were hilarious and there were lots of funny bits. And I Angela Bassett's voice is in it as well. So her. she's one of the voice actors. Cat, the character of Cat is played by Lyric Ross, and she was great. Even James Hong is play is in here as Father Beths and Tamara Smart as um, Siobhan. So I enjoy I enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't say I mean it's not nearly as good as A Nightmare Before Christmas, but mm-hmm. uh, but this is funny and offbeat, and it's Jordan Peele, so it's got a lot of uh, like emotion and it draws you in and, and it's pleasant. You know what I mean? It's creative. It's stop motion. So sure. I dug that kind of a great spooky edition. It's like a Halloween spooky cool. animated edition. Yeah. Like you can add it to your Paranorman or your Frankenweenie and your nightmare before Christmas. Aww. It's one of those kind of editions because it does deal with life and death. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Very cool. I yeah. would like to see that. Yeah, it's cute. I saw uh, don't worry, darling. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen this yet. I have not. I I liked it. I would say that it is a derivative of the Stepford Wives, 
but there are a couple of other, I don't want to give it away by saying what I would mix it with, or that might be too telling. So I won't say that. Uh, I really, really liked this movie. So don't worry, darling is a 2022 American psychological thriller film directed by Olivia Wilde from a screenplay by Katie Silverman based on a spec script. Mm-hmm. All these other folks. Yeah. So what is this movie about? Well, it takes place in the ni- a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. Mm. Florence Pugh is great. Harry Styles is great. Chris Pine is excellent. It's terrifyingly real. Yeah. And it is a utopian gaslight. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Where in Olivia Wilde talks about Chris Pine being his character being based on a very conservative clinical psychologist who's very outspoken about um, she, she calls him an incel and he probably (laughs) is. Um, And Chris Pine plays this character after this individual. Wasn't there a bunch of drama about this movie getting made too? Yes. And, and mostly because, you know, what she is prefacing here is individuals like Chris Pine are the people who are, um, reframing feminism as this evil thing that Mm -hmm. is stopping men from their agenda. Right. And there's a lot of truth to this film. And again, you have to watch it knowing not all men are like this. Okay. But looking at it from a systems lens. Right. And from the way that things are framed in one way, I guess I'll say something like reframing that, Oh, I don't want you to have to worry about work. I'll do that. Right. Not wanting women to be too educated, too smart. Right. Too attuned. Have too much going on. Right. Let's yep. keep you simple. Right. And um, and also framed like I'm protecting you. Right. Yeah, There's that sure. too. So that can go very toxic. Right. And when women start to get an idea. Yeah. Or they start to figure something out. Gaslighting. That they're quickly gaslit back into a situation or they're threatened or something. Yeah. Or worse. Right. Yeah. And then if there are enough men leading this, then even the best intended and non-misogynistic men will buy into it going, well, he's framing it like we're protecting them, right? Right. Because that's such a natural, can be a very natural, healthy Mm -hmm. drive for a lot of men. And so you're left with, and this doesn't give anything away, you're left with wondering the entire time whether Harry Styles is a good or a bad character who plays her husband. And he's great in this too. And Olivia Wilde is in it as well. And she's really good in it too. But the chemistry between Florence Pugh and Harry Styles is very believable. And he is the character that you're kind of wondering how much does he know? How much is he in on this? How much, right? I think it's worth a watch. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's on my list. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's gotten really bad critical reviews. Horrible like, critical reviews. But, but I think the message, the movie itself I'm is fine. Watch it because all those heavy hitters are in it. The like, movie is fine, but the message is real. And the yeah. audience reviews are pretty good. So mm-hmm. it's like something... Yeah. Something's awry there. And visually it's <laughs> There's fun. something they don't like about it. <laughs> visually it's very fun. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the utopian kind of, yeah, you kind of feel like you're in this alternate, pleasant, <laughs> it's like Pleasantville. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, I like a, a style is fun. Yeah. You know, that can often get me through anything. 
I saw Satan's Slaves Communion, which is the second in what we hope to be a trilogy by Indonesian director Joko Anwar, who I love. If you've seen Satan's Slave, that's the first one. And then this is Satan's Slaves Communion. And Mm -hmm. oh, it was good. As always, Great. I mean, I was hopeful and then it was hope and then it was good. So I just, w- I'm like, please let there be a third because I've seen some articles where he's talked about like, well, if this one does well, there'll be a third. I'm like, no, have a third. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's just bait, sir. I know what you're doing there. You're trying to get us to say, no, please have a third. And that's what I'm doing. Please have a third. You know, it's funny because. Indonesian horror in general is pretty fucked up and yeah. they always kill some kids. It's kind of like do. a friend of mine and I were talking about it after we watched it. And she, and I'm like, she's like, is it even Indonesian horror if it's not fucked up? <laughs> and I'm like, no. And then I said, is it Indonesian horror if they aren't killing kids? And the answer is no, no. because yeah, that's just, that's right. And I think, uh, you know, we're making light of that, but because it's movies, we're making light of that. And also, because it just lets you in on the idea that they don't pull back. Right. Kids are murdered. Right. Yeah. And they're murdered by things that don't exist, like ghosts and devils and evil stuff. You know, like horror stuff. Sure. So this movie is tense and scary and it has a lot of the horror elements that you want Mm -hmm. in a ghosty type of devilly culty thing and there's a few callbacks to the first one but i you really can watch this movie without that i would say it's very suspenseful there's gallows humor even in this there's some humor that may or may not track for some people i mean i i get that there's cultural differences obviously Mm -hmm. but i i saw the fact that there was some humor in this it's it's, I mean, his films are gorgeous. They're just shot so gorgeous that I, uh, I mean, I'd recommend it on that alone, honestly. Okay. <laughs> but just both, the visual. Yeah. The visual is, is pretty amazing. I appreciate so, that. so I appreciate that too. And, you know, he's done a couple of other, of my very favorite horror movies. He's done the queen of black magic. He's done, oh. he's done in Pedagore. Oh, okay. So I know that stuff. Those are yeah. both good. Yep. Yeah. And Satan's slaves. Okay. And now this one. And so all four of those are like a, a yeah, master class. So very it was good. cool. It was good to me. It was good to me. Excellent. Love it. Like his style a lot. Yeah. Cool. I watched, a 2021 British psychological horror drama <laughs> called She Will. I've seen it. Okay. I'll be interested to hear what you think because I know you like witch stuff. Yeah. Um, Veronica Ghent, a former film star, goes to a healing retreat in Scotland with her nurse, Desi Hatoum, after a double mastectomy. The place where she stays is the site where women were burnt as witches centuries before their ashes fill the land and give her the power to exact revenge within her dreams. So I will say that initially, and I don't mind slow burns, but initially the movie was really going nowhere for me. Oh yeah. It it was uh, incredibly loose and disjointed. And, but if you look at it from a revenge perspective, horror or revenge fantasy or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, then 
there are some elements about it that I appreciated. Ultimately, it is a it it is a female revenge fantasy. It's just kind of draped in this very dark, slow moving, disjointed story. Yep. And she's fine. The woman who plays um, Veronica Alice Krieg, I think her name is. Is that the main character? That's the main character. And Coda Eberhardt, who plays Desi, was was good. Malcolm McDowell is in it. There's mm-hmm. some good people. Rupert Everett is like unrecognizable in it. Yeah, for sure. But it was it, it kind of like when we were talking about the book Perfume, I'm like, I had to wait till the last 10 minutes of the movie to be like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was more atmospheric than anything else, right? That was my my first thought at revenge horror for sure um it, it's like more moody than exciting right uh it was creepy it definitely had creeps they just don't really ever kind of end with an action item it's depressing it's depressing i thought that lead actress was really convincing she was she was good yeah it's not something i would watch again no but it was like i do two out of five stars if like it's solid and had some good elements, That's but I would fair. never watch it again. I I like a an, a woman of a certain age being the star of a movie, so I support that. It's also a female directed, so I support that. So mm-hmm. there's some pieces of the why I wanted to watch it. I do like a crone character as a as a main character. I like to see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's well, that's my thoughts. All right. The last movie I'm going to talk about today is a movie called Resurrection. 2022 mystery thriller drama it's about i don't know like 105 110 minutes long something like that this is rebecca hall's new new movie margaret's life is in order she is capable disciplined and successful soon her teenage daughter who margaret raised by herself will be going off to a fine university just as margaret had intended everything is under control that is until david returns played by tim roth by the way Mm, like him he's awesome carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. So what I will say about this movie is that it is worth a watch. There is a psychological component that is unmistakable. It leaves you guessing. It's not a beginning. It's not a concrete, like black and white movie. There's like metaphor and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that going on. Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth are really good at I love it. Tim Roth. Me too. And I know lots of people don't like Rebecca Hall, but I, I loved her in this. I loved her in The Night House as well. So Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with her. Yeah, I have another friend that, that like hates her and literally didn't watch the movie because she's in it. So The one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. But if you don't mind her, then you might like this. I mean, the role is, it's outstanding work, honestly, on her part. So if you don't have that issue with her, I, I think you will enjoy it. Um, so the performances are great. It's very tense. It's very psychological. Like that's its whole it's right up our alley in that way. There is a bit of gore. It was a little bit gorier than I than I thought it was going to be. It definitely leaves you thinking. If you need all of the answers in your movies, this isn't going to be for you. If you don't like dark, psychological, and fairly disturbing ideas of the mind, you're not going to like this. You're also going to not maybe if you don't enjoy being slightly gaslit as an audience member so that you're questioning the reality of things, which I think is 
a fantastic tool to use in filmmaking. Yeah, gaslight me all you want because I want that. I want to be in that move in that movie with that main character who's also being gaslit. Like I think that's a really yeah. interesting way to go. But there's trigger warnings around like emotionally and controlling and abusive relationships. So okay. there's that, and that's you know anytime I throw the word gaslit out, you know that there's some kind of. <laughs> There's some kind of something going on yes, in there. Uh, you know, three out of five stars for me, in other words, it doesn't rise to the level of like something I really necessarily love, but certainly worth a watch. And for what we do here on the podcast, it's very psychological. So, And it's one of those ones where as soon as you're done, and if you care about movies at all, like we do, as soon as you're done, you're going to Google Resurrection Ending Explained. <laughs> It's one of those. So everyone knows what I mean when I say that. You know those movies where you got to Google and figure out what the fuck happened in the last, over the last two hours. Yeah. So that's that. Okay. All right. So now, <laughs> do you want the song or? Do you want the song? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I okay. do want the song. All right. Let's find it here. In the 18th century, everyone was infested with head and body lice. What was their remedy for taking care of this? Um, I don't know. Perfume? <laughs> I don't know. This is the, the answer is hilarious. <laughs> Mercury. They ate it, rubbed it on their skin, oh. and then they went batshit crazy and died. Oh, but it did kill the lice. <laughs> <laughs> My life is wow. amazing. Smart, not yeah. brightest beans. I mean, in the it basket. did the trick. They died without body lice. Oh, God, have mercy. Castorium. That wasn't the point. It wasn't the point. Castorium is an ingredient used in vanilla flavor treats. This substance comes from which part of which? What part of which animal? <laughs> I thought it was beaver poop, but... It is beaver secretion glands, oh. which are located in their anus, their anuses. All right, so I was close. It was part of the beaver poop. So enjoy your creme brulee. <laughs> I know. Although that vanilla. should be real vanilla bean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three, how much did the predator suit weigh? 60 pounds. 200 pounds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Number four, the Spanish Inquisition lasted for over 200 years. How many executions were there? 200,000. 32,000. Okay, I've overshot that a bit. <laughs> What'd you say, 200,000? Yeah. I thought you said 2,000. Okay. No, I overshot it yeah, a little, bit. A little bit. That, that would be, a, 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 what would that be? I mean, a bigger a problem. 10,000 a year. Okay. There probably wasn't even that many people then. Okay. The Hart brothers killed at least 39 people in Tennessee, Kentucky, Illinois, and Ohio from 1797 to 1799. What were they notoriously known for? Mm. America's first serial killers. Oh. Yeah. My brothers. I want to look them up and maybe talk about them at some point. Yeah. How did they kill? Do you remember? Uh, murder. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a book. I Googled it real quick. I just kind of want to know now. I want to know what murderers, highwaymen, river pirates, where they were. Interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of the early killers were called pirates, right? Because they were like tramping around the right the states. They weren't maybe even states by then. I don't even know. Killing people and robbing, probably. I don't know. 
We'll see. We'll find out. Maybe we'll talk about them sometime. We will. Thank you so much for listening to the show, everyone. We really appreciate your patronage, and we'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. I'm Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.